Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International, a ministry that provides Bible teaching resources in nine languages. Today, we're in Luke 14. Have you ever had enjoyable and encouraging conversations around a table? Today's lesson is called Conversations at the Dinner Table with Jesus. You're going to learn that your relationship with Jesus is measured by your compassion, humility, and grace. Here's Stephen. Martin Luther, the reformer, was not only courageous and brilliant, but at the same time, he was, he was very down to earth. He, he made the Bible understandable to his congregation and his students. His dining room table was typically surrounded with religious leaders, political leaders, university students, neighbors. His conversations with them at dinner were interesting and convicting and uh, encouraging. They were also dangerous because he was challenging the religious traditions of his day. Many of his conversations were written down, and they were eventually published in 1624, 78 years after he died. The book is simply called The Table Talk of Martin Luther. It's been republished many times over the last 400 years. In fact, I, I opened my copy recently and read through some of his statements he made there at his dinner table, like, like this one. He said, we have neglected the pure and clear word of God and have gone from the clear fountain to the foul puddle of filthy water taught by monks and friars. Well, you can imagine the problem this little book created for the Catholic Church. In fact, Pope Gregory XIII ordered table talk to be burned as heresy, and anybody hiding a copy of it was to be burned to death right along with the book. Martin Luther was simply doing what the Lord Jesus was doing at the dinner table, reintroducing the clean and clear water of biblical truth. Now, uh, at this point in our study, Jesus is eating with religious leaders, disciples, and, and neighbors. He's going to have a table talk here in Luke chapter 14. Now, uh, Jesus has accepted a dinner invitation to a meal. Luke writes here in verse 1 that it was at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. Now, evidently, there's a man who's suffering from a disease near the front door. Uh, scholars believe that he was planted there to to see if the Lord would heal him. And, and, of course, in the opinion of the Pharisees, once again, violate the Sabbath day. The man is described here in verse 2 as having dropsy. Uh, this was a, a condition in which the body swelled up with excess fluids. It could be quite painful. Well, while everyone's watching, sure enough, the Lord stops there at the door and just heals this man and sends him on his merry way. And then Jesus turns to the religious leaders. He knows what they're thinking. And he says to them here in verse 5, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? Well, the answer is obvious. 
They do everything in their power to save their son and and their farm animal. Verse 6 says, they could not reply to these things. (laughs) Of course they can't. But they're, they're not about to admit that Jesus is right either. Well, now that he's gotten their attention, Jesus takes the opportunity to teach them something else. He's observed that when, when uh, he had arrived at this dinner banquet, everybody was scrambling for places of honor, which would have been in, in uh, places nearest the host of this meal. So Jesus uses this observation to tell a parable about a wedding feast. And let me summarize it. Jesus says the one who sits down in a place of honor might end up being humiliated when the host arrives and asks him to give up his seat because a a more distinguished guest has shown up. On the other hand, the one who chooses a seat in the back of the room is going to be honored before everyone if the host invites him to move up to a more honorable, visible location. Now, Jesus knows where the sensitive nerve is, and quite frankly, he, he pokes it with this parable. Jesus concludes the parable here in verse 11, saying, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And let me tell you, this principle isn't just for them. It's for you and me. God will humble those who seek to honor themselves, but those who humble themselves before the Lord, well, he will exalt them in due season. Well, now here in verse 12, the Lord speaks to the man hosting this dinner party, and Jesus points out that uh, inviting important friends and guests, uh, well, that'll certainly get him invited to their dinner parties in the future. However, if he really wants to be a blessing uh, uh, for people, a blessing from God, Jesus tells him here in verse 13, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. In other words, they're not going to be able to invite you back over and effectively pay you back with a nice invitation. Now, this kind of invitation list that Jesus just rattled off reveals someone who demonstrates the heart of God, someone who is genuinely humble, loving, and compassionate. And Jesus promises that at the coming resurrection, God is going to reward that kind of attitude toward others. Well, somebody at this dinner party speaks up and says here in verse 15, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. (laughs) He obviously thinks that all these religious leaders are going, if not every member of the nation of Israel. They're all going to enjoy eating dinner in the kingdom. Well, Jesus answers that wrong assumption by uh, slipping into another story. He's going to tell another parable. He says here in verse 16, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Now, let me stop right here and tell you that a feast in these days was quite an undertaking. Invitations were sent out far in advance, and normally uh, the day of the event was announced, but not the exact time. Now, once the host heard back who planned on attending, his household spent several days preparing all the food that would be necessary. So when those steaks were just about ready to take off the grill and those mashed potatoes were just about ready for another spoonful of butter, and by the way, that's the kind of you know, dinner I'd want to go to, well, the host would send another invitation out to all those who said they were going to be coming. 
and it would be time then for them to begin making their way to his home. Well, Jesus describes the host's servant coming back, you know, from running all around the village and telling his master, you won't believe it, all those people who said they were coming, well, they're not going to come after all. One fellow said, well, I I bought a field and I got to go see it. Another said, I've bought some oxen and I need to examine them. And still another, oh, I just got married. Now, all of these were not only terrible excuses, they were all lies. You don't buy a field without going and and looking at it first. You you don't buy a team of oxen and then go take a look at them and see see if they work. You don't say, well, I, I just got married, as if to imply your wife won't let you leave the house. You know, it's all her fault. Let me tell you, these lame excuses indicated that they didn't care at all about the banquet. Worse yet, they really didn't care about the host of the banquet. They showed him absolutely no respect. Well, with that, the host here in Jesus' parable sends his servants out to invite others. Uh, Verse 21, uh, the poor and crippled and blind and lame. Now, what about those people that were originally invited and disrespected the host, the host says here in verse 24, none of those men shall taste my banquet. Now, you need to understand that this parable happens to be a national warning not to reject the grace of God. God had invited Israel to repent and to, to join the feast. But these religious leaders and the nation as a whole are ignoring the invitation. They, they have absolutely no respect for the Son of God and they have nothing but lame excuses. Let me ask you something. Are you rejecting the invitation of God to come to the banquet table of salvation? If, if you are, what's your excuse? I've heard a lot of them over my years of ministry. I'm too young. I, I want to live my life for a little while. I'm too old. It's too late to admit I've been wrong all these years. Uh, You mean I'm going to have to give up my sinful pleasures if I follow Christ? Oh, I've heard, I don't need saving. I'm better than a lot of people I know who go to church. All of these are terrible, well, they're lame excuses for rejecting God's gracious invitation. Will you one day sit at the table of feasting and joy in the Lord's coming kingdom? Well, I hope you will. You've been invited, by the way. Let me encourage you to accept his invitation today. Uh, send in your, your RSVP by faith in Christ alone. Don't wait. Do that today. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and you're listening to The Wisdom Journey. We recently launched a new feature on our website, which allows you to share a story or comment of how God is using our ministry to encourage you in your faith. Here's what an anonymous listener had to say. Good morning. I really enjoy Stephen Davey's messages. Every morning, I enjoy hearing the messages of God's Word and uh, following along in my Bible, and it's just such a such a privilege. And 
But thank you so much for putting these on for us to hear and to go through the Bible. God bless you. That was so encouraging. If you're one of our wisdom partners, thank you, because you're making this possible. And friend, we'd like to hear your wisdom story. What's God doing in your life? Please let us know. Visit wisdomonline.org. At the bottom of every page is a link that says Open Mic. Click there and record your message. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a comment or ask a question about the Bible. And that tool is on every page at wisdomonline.org. On this wisdom journey through God's Word, Stephen is teaching through the entire Bible. We release a new lesson each weekday. You're going to travel from Genesis to Revelation in three years. Now, if you're new here, that's okay, because when we get to the end, we'll begin again in Genesis, so you won't miss anything. Join us next time.